When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. We are backed by Labrooks. Go to bet.chelseapodcast.net for exclusive specials and promotions that we have got you. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Chelsea Podcast. It's me, Andy Saunders. I'm in charge this week. Kerry ludicrously is covering the Monaco Rolex Tennis Open at the behest of Gary Hayes, who somehow edits a tennis magazine i don't know something stupid and ludicrous which has put me in charge but that's all good um because i got two of my friends uh with me today to help talk through the week's events all things chelsea uh to my left um old friend of the show robert ray how are you robert hello i'm fine i'm good and to my right uh old friend of the show chef alan bird how are you Good evening, how are you? Excellent. Did any of us go to the game? I went to the game. Did any of you go to the game? Watched it on telly. Watched it on telly, Alan? <coughs> Same. Watched it on TV. Couldn't you, make you it. Go, you've been to quite a few away games this year, haven't I you? I have. I would have liked to have gone to that game, I think, on Saturday. You could have driven an Aston Martin down there. <laughs> or taken my private helicopter. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, did you get to many away games, Robert? Two or three, but not, not uh, mostly in London rather than outside. Right, you go to the, the big games, presumably. You're going to the semi, are you? Or, um... I am not going to the semi because I will be in Mexico. Oh, right, mm. okay. Mm. Very poor shame. Mexico's terrifying, isn't it, Alan? Would you go to Mexico? <laughs> I'd love to go to Mexico. Would you? I, I think I'd be too frightened. I'd go to Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That is exactly my feeling. I, when, when, uh, when we were two down... I was just thinking, right, that's it, I'm not going to another game all season, that's it. I'm, why don't we st- I'm, and I'm why, happy with that. Why don't we start with your epic Donald Trump-esque tweet storm <laughs> that you sent out on, uh, on... Where do people follow you at, uh, on Twitter? At Robert Ray? Uh, at Robert Ray. Which is R-E-A. R-E-A. Yeah, so, so follow Robert if you want this type of tweet storm. Over to you. Okay, well, this was um, immediately after our second goal, um, when I was um, trying to avoid, you know, sort of kicking things and, and throwing <laughs> drinks about. Uh, and I went on an expletive-filled... 
bile-filled rant on Twitter, which took me a long time to type because I kept on making sort of, um, you know, typing mistakes and everything. But it reads, What an absolute <clears throat> show my club is from top to bottom. Conte and half the squad need to go because they're just not interested anymore. But even then, it won't make any difference in the long run. Tweet too. If Roman carries on running the club like this, the wealth of talent and resources we have at Chelsea, we end up with this. Plastering over the cracks, failing to build on success... Tweet three. Penny pinching on one player, then spending way too much on another, hiring managers at huge expense, and then <clears throat> that's effing them off, etc., etc. There's no plan, no direction. It is, as I said, a SHIT show. When I, I finished typing, hit the tweet button, only to see our third goal go in. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a tweet about two seconds later saying, well, 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 just not my drink over. Maybe I spoke too soon. <laughs> well, as you said earlier when we were discussing this, I mean, not, not, not a word, you know, of that isn't true, frankly, Absolutely. is it? Absolutely. It's, it's, bomb. it's been, um, you know, it, it's, it's been an unenjoyable season. No way sugarcoating it. It hasn't really been an enjoyable season. There's been the odd moment. I've had the odd enjoyable game. Huddersfield away was fun. You know, there was, there's been a few, but not many. I it, mean, it's been a dutiful It's largely been going through the motions, hasn't yeah. it? That's, that's the problem with it. Ever since the first game, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the Burnley. idea of kind of looking forward to a game and getting excited and going there and being all pumped up about it, it's Absolutely. been, I mean, I think I described it as a, a Christian losing their faith, you know, when you're going to church on a Sunday out of duty more than, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm over-egging it a little bit, of course, you know, it's part of the part of the whole kind of, um, you know, cornucopia of being a football fan is, is, is these ups and downs, and I'm certainly no glory hunter, I've been here before, I'm sure we'll be here again, but, you know, in, in, in actual fact, I mean, in terms of fun on a scale of one to ten, it's been a, a very frustrating season. Yeah. Um, it's hard to judge what team's going to turn up on any given match. You know, is it going to be the team that's going to score two or three goals and not concede anything, or we're going to go one nil down um, and then start leaking goals throughout the game? Um, it's hard to know. But exactly as you know, we, you said earlier, we've not invested in that squad. We've not invested in that manager. Um, so yeah, we've only got ourselves to blame in many ways. Mm. It's that awful inevitability when you you know we go one up or whatever, and you just watch the team flounder about trying to get a second, and you know what's coming. I mean, that was that awful West Ham game where oh. you just knew what was going to come, and sure enough, it did. It was almost like a film that you knew the ending to. Oh, wasn't exactly. It, really? I mean, that's yeah. why I think the seasons you said out of ten, three or three or four yeah, out of I'm ten, with you. because it's that it's certainly less than that five. Feeling. Less than five. But, you know, we could be Southampton, who haven't won a game for 20 games. Came close, though, didn't they? You know, if we talk about teams, <laughs> if you talk about teams that go up and blow leads, I mean, I was with my Southampton, I was in the posh seats on Saturday, and, you know, we, we it's a little thing that we do every year, he takes me in the posh seats every year, which is all very nice of him and everything, and, you know, we're 1-0 we're down at half-time, 2-0 down shortly afterwards in the 60th minute, it's all looking terrible. And I turned around to him and I said, if we get one... I reckon we'll get two and maybe even three. And he went, oh, no, I know you will. You absolutely will. You know, there was a, we, we, have, we have a sense of inevitability. I mean, they just know they're going to mess it up. It you was know. amazing because they and then every us. Every result went against yeah. them. I mean, we're driving home and it was like every result, that Crystal Palace, Swansea, they all went against them. I mean, being a Southampton fan is properly miserable. Yeah, I mean, that's the miserable thing, is, is outplaying another team for sort of over an hour yeah. and still ending up 3-2 losers. Well, it? it looked like we were on holiday. Oh. You know, for the first half, it didn't look like anyone was, you know, trying their hardest or trying full stop. We just looked like we were on a pre-season friendly. Um, and then when the first goal went, everyone looked at each other and thought, oh, we've got to turn up now. 
Do we think it comes from the manager? Because I do. I mean, I think if Con- Conte looks as if he can't be bothered, yeah, I, it must translate to the team. He's not the same manager, is he? It's no, got no. to translate to the team. They've got to look at him and think, well, if he's not bothered, why should we be bothered? Well, I had a very privileged position in the sense that I was sitting right above him. Um, you know, sometimes you sit in the ground, and I was in the upper tier, right above him, looking at him. He hardly moved. I mean, last year he was a conductor, wasn't he? He oh, was he's conducting animated. the team, he was telling everybody, he was running up and down the touchline. He stood there in his tracksuit, I should say, not his suit. I don't like him wearing a tracksuit before he wore, wore a suit, with his arms folded for most of the game. When we scored, didn't celebrate that much. I mean, kind of punched the air, but didn't go diving into the crowd, which is kind of, I suppose you wouldn't do that in a away game, but it's like, you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't the animated jack-in-the-box cartoon figure that he was last year. He was a very subdued manager. So what have we done to him? Well, I think that, you know... <sighs> There's a lot. There's a lot to be said. I think for this this whole, and I say it in parentheses, not backing him in the transfer market element of it. I think that he's not a manager that takes failure particularly well. I don't think. I mean, he's, you know, he's a manager that's that's used to some degree of success, even if it's taking bad teams and making them better, like he did with the Italian national side. I think he maybe he just doesn't want to be there, Robert. Maybe he just wants to go back to Italy. I think there's more to it, isn't there, going on out of our you know vision as it were behind the scenes um you know whatever the club's done to create this um obviously there's elements that the players have created themselves by not playing the best they can um but again that's all all that tone is set by the manager and from his coaching team so obviously something's happened whether we'll find out just yet remains to be seen but we need to find out what it is that's um, affecting the players and also what's affected the manager. As you say, you know, he's gone from that animated character he was last season, jumping up and down. Everyone loved that um, in his suit to being someone who's sitting, you know, almost, you know, resigned, sitting on the bench in his tracksuit. Well, I have to say last two games as well, West Ham and, and Southampton, I haven't heard one Antonio from the crowd at all. I yeah. think everybody knows something. Something's broken there. Yeah, um, it is. We're a very translucent club, aren't we? At best, at best, we're translucent. I mean, and some would say positively murky in the sense that we can we can um, we can speculate what goes on behind closed doors. You know, there is a Byzantine you know uh, uh, structure at Chelsea, all leading up to a kind of Putin-esque figure in in, in Roman Abramovich, who seems to have absolute power over the club, who seems to bestow his favour and his power on interesting people, whether it was Michael Amanalo or Marina Grashkova or whoever it is, we don't quite know what gets on. And I think that's half the problem, isn't mm. it? Is that we, we get no overview of what's going on. We can only assume that something's gone terribly, terribly wrong. But that kind of speculation almost makes it worse. There's an interesting thing. I mean, like you said about not backing the manager and, you know, we have thrown a lot of money. We've just thrown it at the wrong targets. Mm. And it seems to me that we're, look, we're, we're almost too scared to go after our main targets now. Or we're trying to sort of row back, like we did with Stones, where we were trying to save money on that. And like we've done with, I think it was Sandro. Dodged after. bullet with that, by the way. Well, you could say that. But even so, you know, it would have been a mark of our ambition that we wanted a player like that. Mm. And now our ambition is we want, we're prepared to overpay for Danny Drinkwater and Ross Barkley and um, Bakayoko. But we're not prepared to go that extra mile. I think that's a problem though, of not signing the players that we yeah, should have signed exactly. in the summer. Exactly. And we can, if we don't, you know, if we don't start, or if the management don't start working out whether Conte is going to be there, we're going to go through exactly the same problem again this summer. Not having a manager and not having the targets that the new manager wants coming in. He ain't going to be there in the summer. 
well, it can't then, be. I mean, look at look at his body language. I mean, I said this on yeah. the pod last week. I cannot see in a million years how he can be there. I mean, his demeanour in press conferences, his his whole kind of being says, "I don't want to be here." Or, yeah. or am I misreading it? No, I think you're absolutely right. No, you're absolutely spot on. So, so there is a question of like, hopefully there are some conversations in place with a you know a Tuchel or an Allegri or the guy from Sarri from Napoli is the new, the new guy on the but everything about him. You know, I mean, there, there are hopefully conversations going on. Hopefully there are some transfer targets being tapped up as we speak. You know, and some funds being released. I mean. How much of this comes down, do you think, to the epic... I mean, I, I mentioned this on the pod last week, but of course you two weren't there, but the epic failure of the Bakayoko signing. You know, the kind of fundamental fulcrum of the midfield. You know, we thought we were signing Yaya Toure, and we've basically ended up signing, you know, a kid that really just isn't right and ready for this at the moment. Well, at the moment, I mean, we, I'm not going to write him off completely, yeah, no, but I'd, it's been an epic I was talking fail. about this earlier on, before we started, and I think Bakayoko, when he first came in... He was brilliant in those first, you know, ten games, of, you know, of the season with uh, Kante, and everyone was singing, you know, you know his praises. Um, I think it's hard when you're coming into a new league. It's hard when you're, you know, for a lot of players to move to another country. Um, we've got to give them a chance. A lot of players who've just moved from one club to another club in this country struggle to fit in with. You know the training, the the whole setup. So I think we've got to give him a chance. Whether he gets that chance remains to be seen. Well, he's got the summer to sort himself out, and presumably a new manager, because obviously Conte doesn't trust him anymore. Chance to prove but himself. But we've got yeah. a new manager coming in, whoever it may be. And I think my problem with Bakayoko is, um, I think there were signs even when he was playing for Monaco that there was something slightly amiss. He'd have a great game in the Champions League, and you think, "Wow, that you know, he looks like a good player." We, we, you know, we could do with him. And then suddenly, he'll, he'd put a pass, you know, thirty yards away from where it was where it was supposed to go. So th- there were always signs that maybe he wasn't quite the player we were seeing yeah. in I don't know Champions League highlights or whatever. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, you can I'm put not highlights sure real together of mm. virtually any player and yeah. make them look yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, he does. He does have bad, good. Yeah. He did have good games for Monaco. He did. I don't think he was that. He was even in their best two or three players. Well, somebody mentioned it, and I've, I've mentioned this a lot in the podcast, it's really stuck with me. I, don't know, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Rick Glanville, might have been Liam Toomey, but um, somebody said that he played in, the, in, in what was a very romantic team for Monaco, in the sense yeah. that they just piled forward. Yeah. Didn't care about how many goals they conceded, because they would always score more. So in that kind of team, if you're a midfielder and you're banging the goals in, you can look good, because you can be part of the success. Doesn't matter how many concede, if you come out winning 5-4, you've won. And that's what that Monaco team was all about, wasn't it? It was all about just give the ball to, you know, Great to the boys team. up front and then and then see what happens. And he could kind of almost like stand in the midfield and ping the ball about in I a guess, terrible league. I guess what it boils down to is, you know, who's going to be the manager next season? Um, do they fancy Bakayoko? Um, if not, they'll find someone else. And I'd read something earlier on about Bakayoko, Monaco one possibly back. wanting back. Yeah. I, I think that might be the best solution for everybody. <laughs> it may well be. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm um, you know, f- famous for want of a better word of not slagging off players. I hate it. I think if you put a blue Chelsea shirt on, you should back him 100. Absolutely. And I, I certainly wouldn't. I feel sorry for him more than anything. I just don't think that he has lived up to maybe his own potential or or, or what we thought he was. He's when he, when he was standing on the on the subs, uh, you know, warm up on on Saturday. I was thinking, please don't bring him on. Don't bring him on because I don't think he'll be very good. But I also think he'll probably get booed. If they bring him on, because you know that's happened this year. I've been in a yeah. way in a yeah. way ends where he's been booed, and yeah, no, that's, that's not right. That's not good for 
for it's any Chelsea right fan, it makes no. me makes me really upset when we boo our own players. But also, I it's think not it's a him. small minority. He's though. only a kid. Yeah. You know. Even when he's not being booed, that you you get that sort of tension, don't you? Yeah. That everybody's sort of waiting for him to put the next pass wrong. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a healthy atmosphere. Not to play in. Let's just look at the game um, that we Absolutely, played. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's look at the team that uh, we played. Made two changes from the side that drew with uh, West Ham. Zappa Costa came in for Victor Moses and Christensen came in. Rather surprisingly, I thought, for Antonio Rudiger. Uh, and they kept Cahill in. We'll come talk about that in a minute. But Courtois in goal, back three of Azpilicueta, Christensen and Cahill. Zappa Costa and Alonso as full-backs. Fabregas and Kante uh, in the midfield with William Morata and Hazard up front. So Cahill coming, Rudiger was quite vocal in his, um, I'm not quite sure why I was dropped. <laughs> not quite as vocal as he was first quoted, apparently. No, no, but, but you know, he did mm. say, I don't know why I was dropped. You know, he was, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't hold back from saying. He obviously struck a call, didn't he? He wasn't told, I think is what he's saying, you know, why he was dropped. Because it was an interesting, um, Gary Cahill in the middle against West Ham didn't work. But that's not his position. Christian comes in. He's he and Louise are the only two players that can really play in that middle of that back three. I think you know Cahill comes in to one side, which is his preferred position. I thought Cahill yeah. had a reasonably good game. You could argue that you know for the second goal yeah. he could have he, he could have he could have been in a better position. Been to get a better his head position, on it, yeah. but you know Alonso could have been as well. So yeah, equally, you know, yeah. all goals and mistakes, aren't they? Um, Fabregas and Kante again. Fabregas for me. Okay, Fabregas is not working at all. Just not I think working. he needs no. to go. I think I, I, I think he needs to be cleared out of the club. Yeah, unless he's prepared to be an impact sub next year and come on for 20 minutes at the end, you know, where, where, he, which he can be very effective what, what, in. What's know? he in the team for? He's in the team. He's not in there for his defensive qualities. He's a quarterback. So he's in there for a pass. He's for his a quarterback, passing. Yeah. His passing is off and has been off for about yeah. 10 games. You know, you, you watch it and I, 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 would, I don't know what his passing accuracy ratio was, but it must have been pretty low. Mm. Kante is my player of the year. Oh, I think by some considerable distance. Absolutely, I mean, the guy yeah. never puts in less than... He's a rock, carrying the whole team. Oh, oh, yeah. He's I mean, a rock. He's dread to think where we'd be without him. Oh. I mean, every... I mean, I've said it. I've said it publicly. You know, I would rather watch Kante than Hazard. I just think he's an astonishing player. I'm going to say he's better than Makaleli. Oh, I, I think he is. I don't think... I don't uh, think, he's, I think he's, it's beyond doubt. He's got more skill. I mean... I'll, I love Makaleli. I love watching him play. I loved his. Nobody had seen. Nobody had seen. Kante goes forward as well. Kante's got skill on the yeah, ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody had seen that Makaleli thing before. So Makaleli kind of owned it. It was new, wasn't it? To a, so to I think what, what Kante's done is elevated that to a mm. new level, which is he does everything that Makaleli does and more. You know, I mean, again, I love Makaleli as well. I thought he was brilliant. But the, as you say, the ability to carry the ball. I just think, I mean, there was a moment against West Ham, and I think in the 83rd or 84th minute, where he got back from about 15 yards off the pace and made a tackle in the six-yard box. They didn't even show it on the match of the day highlights. I mean, it was an unbelievable... That he does that all the time, though, doesn't tackle he? ...tackle of the year. And there's this thing, he, he, he does the tackle, and there's, there's none of this sort of, oh, look at my tackle, look, look, yeah. look at my... Sorry about that, didn't quite know what I was saying there, but... Um, <laughs> look but at my there's tackle. No, there's no sort of, there's no... Um, he doesn't... He doesn't Stand by to to admire his handiwork at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I know most players don't, but there's not even a fraction of a second. By the time he's got, he's taken the ball off you, he's three yards away from yeah, you with the gone. ball. Absolutely, he must be a manager's dream. I mean, he just gets on with the job. No histrionics, no silliness, no preening. You know, he turns up to training in a mini. I mean, everything about him is just fantastic. Plays it all down, doesn't he? You know, I just, I mean, if we keep him in the summer, which I hope we will, that for me is as good as a signing. You know, because, as I said, I dread... To, when he didn't play against Man City, look look what happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, we no, absolutely capitulated. Trust over. Um, one thing that was announced about three or four hours ago, this is Tuesday, was that the FA are going to charge... Alonso, Alonso yeah. um, with the uh, challenge that he made. I mean, it was a nasty challenge, wasn't yeah, it? So we're not overly surprised by that. No, I'm not surprised. Um, but 
you know, he's got to take it on the nose, hasn't he? And he missed, what, the semi-final? I think he'll miss, if, if it's a three-game ban, he'll miss Burnley on Thursday, the semi-final and Swansea. Yeah. So they're not- I still don't think it would have been a red card had it been spotted. Oh, well, Mark, looked, Hughes, looked, Mark it, Hughes says it was, it must be. It looked, it looked yellow card to me. It didn't look any worse than that um, tackle that Spurs player made of the Man City player. How do you feel day. about Mark Hughes? I, I'm, I'm not keen. I'm not keen. I've never been keen. I mean, as a player, I liked him as a player. As soon as he left, he was dead to me. He was always Man United before he went, and then afterwards, the the whole yeah, his whole demeanour was you're, horrible. You're absolutely spot on. Yeah, I, when he was the Man U player, I didn't like him, but you know he did what he did for us when he came to us. He fought for for the calls, and you couldn't help but love him. But now he's gone, and he's a manager. He's annoying as hell. <laughs> there was that time is, is, when he was manager of Blackburn, and his team tried to kick us off the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah nah, not a fan. That was a classic game, wasn't it? That was the penalty save at the end, wasn't it? I think Peter Cech saved the penalty. And Robin, Robin was injured for ages after that game. It's the one they threw their shirts into the crowd. He doesn't it? endear yeah. himself, does he? No, he doesn't. And on that note, let's go to an ad break. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. And we're back. Sparky Hughes, yeah, he was vocal about the whole uh, Alonso thing, you know, but, you know, this is a man that I think has lost three times against us this season and looks like he could be the only manager to take, to relegate two sides in a season, you know, because if Stoke and Southampton get relegated, that's, you know, that's that's down to him basically, isn't it? That's not good, is it? It's not good at all. (laughs) But uh, I don't know, I, I always wonder if I'm the only one who doesn't, who doesn't care for him. No, I, th- I think that's. I think ever since he got into management, I think the trouble with him is he's not a very good manager. He's got a little bit of a reputation, which is slowly sort of being you know, whittled away. You know, by like you say, relegating two clubs in the same year that should sort of finish him off. And he 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 talks afterwards as if he's trying to sort of bolster that um, bolster that reputation. So after the game, he's going on about the red card for Alonso, or the, what should what he thinks should have been a red card. But that wasn't the problem for Southampton. The problem was they fell apart once we scored a goal. And that's what he should be... Uh, Stoke, I'm talking, not Southampton, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that's the problem he should... Um, no, I'm talking Southampton. You're talking Southampton. Southampton. Yeah. They both play in red and white stripes. Yeah, yeah. They begin with an S. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, you know, a, a decent manager ought to be addressing that rather yeah. than worrying about sort of whether whether an opposition player ought to have been sent off or not. I think part of, the, uh, of the, the job description of a manager is to be able to deflect, isn't it? Defle- deflect away from yeah. the harsh reality that you've conceded three goals in eight minutes. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it really was a, a collapse of epic proportions, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was incredible. And um, so Tadic, I mean, Tadic scored after 21 minutes. I mean, it was a slightly odd goal in the sense that I, I very rarely see Azpilicueta beaten for pace yeah, I mean no. Champions League winning Ryan, Ryan Bertrand you know just just absolutely he did, tore him he, to pieces he did he, he just literally went past him and it didn't look like Azpilicueta was with it at all no um, and he got that cross in and they scored yeah it was, it was, a, nice, it was a nice finish by Tadic but why was Azpilicueta having to sort of where the hell was Zapacosta yeah I mean that's what he's there for yeah you know to cover the run I mean Bertrand's a, a, a you know, left back or a wing back, and you know Zappacosta is supposed to be covering him. He was nowhere. He wasn't within ten I, yards. I think of him. most of the team looked like they're on holiday. You know, that first yeah. half for Chelsea. Anyway. It was very sluggish, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. I mean, we created opportunities. There were chances. I mean, we had seven shots on target in the game, and we, we, we you know, we, we did create some opportunities again. There were moments. I mean, Morata came close again. Although, you know, again, his link-up play was okay. He just is lacking that element of. I think game by the seaside, the sun was out. 
and it felt like a pre-season friendly. Well, I think that the sun, the sun actually, that's interesting because well, from where I was sitting, the sun looked like it was an issue for the defenders in the first half. There was a certain amount of shielding of eyes as the ball was up in the air. Now you're not going to make excuses about that, but no. you know, but certainly when the goals are coming from along the ground, yeah. but um, you know, I, listen, I mean, it was a decent finish by Tadic, you know, but it's, as I say, it's very rare to see Aspilicueta done for pace. And it was poor defending. And I looked at Ryan, I looked at Ryan Bertrand, and and I did think, and my son, my son was with me, and he said, you know, of all the players that we've let go, you know, the the Matiches and the Costas. I look at Ryan Ryan Bertrand, and I think we could have probably kept him. We could. He's done, the yeah. one that we probably could have kept, and he probably would have been happy to mm-hmm. sit down. I think he's absolutely right. You know, you look at Ryan Bertrand, and you think he could have definitely done a job for us. Well, you never know what's going to happen in the summer if um, you know Southampton get relegated. Um, yeah. I know that uh, Ryan Bertrand's just had some work done in his house. He still lives in Chelsea. Um, How do you know this? Mm. My uh, sources tell me such. And he's just had it refurbished so white wine, as well. White wine sauce, nice. No, no, nice no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't reveal my sauce. <laughs> or the recipe. <laughs> Interesting. Well, you know, as you say, you never know. You know, all's, 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 um, you know, all's a mystery. Wasn't the word we, got, we, we offed him because we thought we were, we were in for Luke Shaw? Right. I think that was another one of that um, works out well, Jose's, um, yeah, now look at him. Chelsea fan, Luke Shaw. Yeah. Well, you know, he's another one that, that certainly isn't, you know, must be considering his future at Man United since well, you know, like Mourinho has essentially bullied him for two years, isn't yeah. he? Um, so Bednarak then comes out after 60 minutes on his debut and a beautiful cross. I mean, lovely, lovely ball in from Ward-Prowse. As, you know, the guy's, so all he does really is put in a brilliant ball, you know, um, Looked like Cahill got slightly underneath it, yep. you know, uh, smashed into the goal. And you're thinking, this is appalling now. Mm. Cue tweet storm from you. <laughs> um, <laughs> cue me kind of shaking my head and thinking, it's quite a long walk and drive back from here, you know, yeah. for, for this. It was preferable closing your head in a car door than watching the game at that point. <laughs> and then interestingly, um, Conte, which he hasn't done in recent matches, decides to take some action and make some substitutes. Because if we looked at the West Ham game, we looked at the games before that, he's been making subs around the 80th minute, 85th minute. Pretty decisive uh, substitution to, um, you know, to bring on Giroud. Yeah. Instant impact. Yeah. Uh, 17 minutes, scores the goal. Hazard scores after 75. Three minutes later, Giroud gets another one. Suddenly we're 3-2 up. What do we think of Giroud? Um, Super sub. I've been... I was I've been underwhelmed so far until so, until this game. You didn't like um, his passion at the bridge. No, I do, but I just think he's he and he, he he obviously has some sort of you know he, he's he's trying hard. I felt he's he's not been quite on the pace, not been quite on the the ball. But that maybe not be his his fault. It may be the the, the, the midfield not not linking up properly with him. I've I remember sort of him coming on one game recently and thinking, God, if we're we're relying on somebody you couldn't get into the Arsenal sort Arsenal side to to, to to bail us out. Well, of course now he has bailed us out, so that's fine. So surely he's got to start um, for the semi final. But I think there were I thought the two interesting things were not so much Giroud coming on, but the way we suddenly threw loads of people in the box, mm. um, and suddenly instead of instead of, instead of this thing where we're crossing over and there's only Murata there and he's surrounded by four defenders, suddenly we had three or four players strung across the box and somebody's going to knock it in from some, mm. somewhere. And the other interesting thing was I thought Hazard suddenly started playing. Yeah. Because yeah. he hasn't played, as far as I'm concerned, for the last 10, 15 games, he's just not turned it on at all. And then suddenly, and he hadn't turned it on all game, and then suddenly, for in you know, he was 
spinning away from players and taking the ball you know, forward and actually pressing forward and trying to find players. And suddenly he looked like a different player. He looked like the player we know. Hazard's 69th Premier League goal. Only Lampard with 147 and Drogba with 104 have scored more. You know, uh, I mean, Giroud's interesting, isn't he? 19 Premier League goals as a sub. Only uh, Jermaine Defoe with uh, 24 has got more and he's got six goals from the bench this season all of so them against you, Southampton I think isn't that right I think so. well yeah <laughs> I think um, you said super sub yeah I mean you know having a player like that as an impact sub I mean because he's always caused chaos in the box I mean you know he's the kind I of player you chuck on chances doesn't he with 20, really, min- 20 minutes to go I mean that first goal was brilliant it'd be interesting to see what his percentage is for converting chances but yeah. he does get a lot of chances whether it's half chances or whether it's just creating space or you know he, he creates havoc and I think um, it made me laugh when we signed him uh, one of my friends who's an Arsenal fan he said yeah he said be prepared he said for a player in the ilk of Kerry Dixon <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I liked Kerry and I liked Giroud I think he's a, a good player for us I mean those tall beefy aerial players you know Andy Carroll did it last night didn't he I mean Andy Carroll you know is good for nothing apart from causing chaos in the box and absolutely you it's bring really a play- skill too though as well well there I mean, is I, I, he know. does but he you know he, he, he's not blessed with pace He's not necessarily blessed with am- amazing feet. But, you know, what I will say is that with 25, 20 minutes to go, bring him on and get the ball to him in the box. He will make things happen, you know. Do you say, I mean, I'm just wondering if we should be trying him, not instead of Morata, but alongside Morata. So you've got, you've got more options in attack when we, need, when we need a goal. I'd like to see us, you know, throw caution to the wind, throw in an extra striker and actually sort of worry their defence more. Would you move away from the... Four two. Uh, sorry, the four five. When we need three. to, yes, because at the moment three, what we're doing. Sorry, we're, we're, about three five three. Yeah, yeah. but at the, at the moment, unless our midfield pushes forward, unless Hazard and William are getting down the wings, which is what it's supposed to it's supposed to do, so you're supposed to have a three man attack. Yeah. At the moment, Morata is stranded by himself, and it's very easy to mark him off the ball. Yeah. Um, if you throw on Giroud as well, then you know you've got you, you're giving the defence an, an, another thing to worry about. They've got to spread their um, personnel a bit more a bit more thinly. I mean, Maybe it, we got a chance. Uh, we, it could be argued that we won the title last year because Conte switched to three four three. So I got myself tangled up just a minute ago with all those formations. But three four three, you know, the idea that you have the three. Oh, we back. had we had five players coming forward last season. Yeah, yeah. We had you know you had uh, Costa right? and Costa's worth two, so we had, you effectively had six mm. players up front. You had you had Moses and Alonso so far forward they were practically you know forwards. You had Hazard and whoever it was Pedro usually last last season sort of. Um, uh, how much of that was down? How, how much? Costa. How much of that was down to the safety blanket that was Matic last season? That's interesting. I don't. I'm not sure about that. I mean, he was he played very well, and it was nice to see him. I, I thought he he linked up very well with um, with Kante, um, which I don't think. Would you have let him does. go? Um, in an ideal world, no. But in you know, we we all know it's hindsight. Yeah, hindsight. Yeah, hindsight. Yeah. hindsight's <laughs> a if, lovely if, thing. If, yeah. if, if a player comes to you and says, "I want to go," what are you going to do? You know, you can't keep him against their will. Mm. Um, but he I wasn't think he playing was... particularly well for United, was he? But well, he wasn't playing particularly well for us for the last chance of no. season. I mean, he was a he was a, a target of the Chelsea Boo Boys for you know, for not not I don't yeah. know, literally, but there was a lot of um, displeasure about Matic. You know, the sideways passing and the you know inability. I mean, I I, I, I had him on the back of my shirt for a long time. I thought he was brilliant, but it's. Um, you know, it's it's as I say, hindsight's a lovely thing to be able to look back, yeah. but was one of the reasons that we were able to ping that many players forward, the fact that we had two fairly solid players and now we've got Fabregas who can't run. Yeah. I think that's partly it, and I think partly it was the surprise element too. I mean we you know, we, we, we 
used the formation. Practically nobody in the Premier League, you know, used it. So nobody knew how to co- uh, to combat it. Nobody realised that you know you, what you've got to do is push Alonso and Moses so far back they can't support the, the strikers. Mm. But everybody's realised it now. Yeah, yeah. even Southampton were trying it. You know. So yeah. why hasn't he changed it? Um, maybe because he's doesn't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> to get back to our original point, I don't know. I think maybe he's just he's just kind. Because of, you kind of think he would, wouldn't you? I mean, you, you know, you're getting paid six, seven million pounds a year to strategically direct the team, and you know, we can all see that people have kind of figured it out. We can all kind of see that exactly what you said that our fullbacks are getting pushed back. That you know, people are flooding the midfield and or or, or making it very difficult for us to break them down and making things come down the wall. We, we we can see all that in the stands. Why can't he? I don't know. And I I mean, it, but if if you actually care, if he actually cared about changing things, then we wouldn't have this thing where we you know where Courtois rolls the ball out sideways oh, all the time. It drives me mad. Well, it, it's fine if it, if the other team are sort of further back because it gives us but time they to don't, build. They but now they yeah they now don't they give you the time us. and space, so they just close you down. Yeah. And but nobody seems to have said to Courtois, no. "Look, stop doing this because it ain't working." No, I remember I was at, I was at the City game at the Etihad, and they had literally four players on the edge of our box mm. waiting for him to roll it out because they knew he wouldn't kick yeah. it mm. because if he kicked it, it'd go up to Morata and come straight back at us. Because although Murat has got in the air, he hasn't got any runners from midfield. Yeah, so but there have to be other ways to play out rather than just kick up to. Well, everybody else seems to be able to do it. You know, you can play it, play it to Kante, whatever. If he's yeah. not marked, or let Kante turn and go. But they, you know, we are very, very predictable. And we, the other thing that gets me is the predictability at corners, where you know, if you see Hazard going to take a corner and you see Fabregas running towards him, yeah. you know exactly what's going to happen. Short corner, and so yeah. do the opposition because they'll put three players back there. And nine times out of ten, we can't get the ball off 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 the wing. Am I imagining it, or did we used to score more goals from corners? Do we? Do we? we you always, Gary Cahill was always yeah. good for three or four a season. Or John Terry, or John Terry, yeah. or one of our big d- defenders was centre backs was always good for powering ahead of home. Absolutely, they? don't see Matic, that anymore, do no. we? Corners were always a, a good chance to to score. Now you just look at it and think, oh, here we go. It's going to be a short one again, um, or it's going to go out of play or whatever. It's, it's incredibly frustrating to see how we've changed from almost a certain goal-scoring opportunity to... When Drogba used to take the corners. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, thankfully, we're not the only Premier League team of rubbish at corners. It seems to me that every single Premier League team is absolutely rubbish at corners. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how many goals from corners this this season? I'd, I'd love to know the stats because... I don't see anybody sort of scoring a you know a, a huge number from them. I mean, that used to keep teams like West Brom up, mm. you know, being able to score from corners, you know, and and, and even yeah. they're not doing it now. They used to have like these big championship centre backs would come up and score yeah, for a or long season. throws or long throws. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's very interesting. Um, I was going to talk about the fact that we have got a couple of interesting games coming. What do we pl- sorry? What are, we, what are we playing for this season now? What, what would you? What do you think we're playing for the Europa League? Excited no, about got, that? It's got with the FA Cup. There's nothing else left, is it? I mean, who cares if we come, you know, fifth or sixth? And let's face it, we're not going to come any higher than that. We're Europa League, and we we we, we need to accept that. Am I am I weird? We're Thursday am I, nights. Am I weird by being a little bit excited about the Europa League? About kind of mad mad Eastern European clubs and you know strange little games. Yeah, I, I, I is that, don't is that, is that, is that a bit bizarre? No, I, don't, I think you're right. I mean, I, I never used to mind the Cup Winners' Cup, so, you know, it's fine. It's the it's structure of our greatest of nights were in the Cup Winners' Cup, Bruges Absolutely. and things yeah, like that. They were Absolutely. brilliant. Yeah. 
The only thing I think that's worrying about the Europa League is the structure. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make you any sense. You play a knockout game and then you're in a league and the league, <laughs> you don't play home and away. You just. It's kind of why I like it. What the hell is going on? I kind of like it for that reason. It doesn't it's, make it's any like sense. a board game. Nobody knows the rules to, isn't it? And then suddenly you get through the group and there's a whole load of other teams who went in the competition and now in the competition. It's like, <laughs> well, suddenly you're playing they Real Madrid. Yeah. Now they're in the competition. Yeah. Why am I playing Juventus? Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I kind of like it for its, you know, for its weird structure. But, you know, there might be a couple of nice away games. There might be. Might, might go to a nice little French if town. If we get in it, yeah. If we if we actually get in it, so I, think, I, think, I don't think even Chelsea can fail to get in from this position. So we're six points ahead of Arsenal after their pathetic performance against Newcastle at the weekend. You know, Spurs lost to uh, to, to City, but they're they're way ahead now, aren't they? We're not in seven points. We're is it not going to catch, no. catch them. We so. might, the only team we could catch is. Liverpool, if we beat them at Stamford Bridge, which let's face it, we ain't going to do, but let's face, let's 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 assume we might do. Mm. And they, because they're involved in Champions League, rest a few players, lose a game surprisingly, and then suddenly the lead's down to one point, and then you've got a chance. So the best scenario is Liverpool come fifth and go out in the semi-finals. Oh yes, so yeah. We're not even not. They, they can't go through to the final. Yeah. They, they might win the. Go thing. in the go out go out on penalties in the semi-finals and finish fifth. Yeah. Mm. And don't be in the Champions League next year. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, but we're not we're not supporting the other no, teams no. in Europe, are we? Um, no, we're not. Roma. Out. Roma. Oh well, no, I'm talking about the other English teams. <laughs> the other English teams. We can't be doing with any of that. Um, we've got Burnley away on Thursday. That's not an easy game. There's been a bit of um, a hoo-ha about the travel arrangements for that. The yeah. people not getting back till 5am. I mean, somebody's got to sort that out, haven't they? That's ridiculous, isn't it? You know, people have got to go to work the next day. I mean, it's all very well saying, you know, we need the atmosphere of the away fans and we need to get them up there and we're off for subsidised travel. But that's useless if you're getting back at 5.30 in the morning. I mean, who can do that unless you drive and it's a hell of a drive? I don't know. I mean, I just, you no, know... That's, that's a mess, isn't it's it? It's nonsense. I just, yeah. I just put that out there. Sean Dyche has done an amazing job this season, hasn't he? I mean, he's, I think he's got a shout for manager of the year. I think you're right. And um, I think it looks like he's made the right decision to stay there as well after, you know, refusing the uh, approach of Everton. Um, you know, Burnley looked like they're going to get European football for the first time in Christ knows how many years. So if Arsenal win the Europa League, does that free up another space for Burnley? I believe so, yeah. Right, and or if we win the FA Cup, does that? I don't know, how does it? I mean, again, it's this mad rules that nobody <laughs> understands. I think so. I think you could actually finish about tenth and still qualify for the Europa League. <laughs> but they're, they're what currently seventh? Yeah, they're two points behind Arsenal. Beat us on Thursday. Arsenal. <laughs> I mean, Arsenal, Arsenal, frankly, don't look like they will ever win another game. I mean, they're dreadful. Oh dear, I don't. There you go. Um, okay, so uh, Southampton in the semi-final. I mean, there's an argument to say that they might actually rest some players because the league position is so precarious for them. Surely they've got to concentrate on survival over the FA Cup final that they're going to lose anyway. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> I was pretty confident until until we ended up two down with with 20 minutes to go. So, so then you actually realised they're rubbish though, didn't you? I, yes, they are actually rubbish. <laughs> it is true. I mean, they don't capitulate. Despite, despite our attempt to make them actually look, look quite you good. You don't capitulate and concede three goals in eight minutes if you're not rubbish. I can't see them performing the same way at Wembley either. So I think, mm. uh, yeah, I'm quietly confident. Part of me says, yeah, great final on, on, on the cards. Another part of me thinks... Look, let's just get the season over. Lose the semi final and forget it. You know, let's just go home. <laughs> oh, there is start no. again. It's cricket now, right? It's cricket <laughs> yeah. season now. Yeah. If I could, if I if I could say to you, you can buy one player. I mean, within reason, within reason. I mean, we're not talking about Messi or Ronaldo or you know, one of, within reason, a, a, an, a, an attainable player. Who would you buy? 
Of the ones that I've seen us linked with, I don't think we'll get him, but Lewandowski. Mm, I'd like to see us have a striker who was as prolific and as scary as Costa. We'll we'll ruin him, though, won't we? Oh, completely. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be Chris Sutton all over again. Um, Anthony Marshall. Interesting. That's quite a good shout, actually. Or Rashford? Or don't you rate Marshall? I think think Marshall would be more obtainable. I'm going to put Isco on the table. I think Isco is an amazing player. But, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? We're all gone for sort of different types of players. So it doesn't seem that there's an, an, an obvious... I think well, there are so many holes in the side that you yeah. can fill any, you know, that any, any n- number of them need filling. Yeah. So we do definitely need... A manager. A, a, we need a manager. <laughs> we definitely need a, a midfielder to play alongside Kante, don't we? And yeah. we probably need a 20, 30 goal a season striker. I would have thought so. And then there are bits and pieces that we can fit around. There may be another centre. And that depend, and that, that's depending on us not sort of gutting the squad anyway. Yeah. And um, we might need a new keeper. Well, yeah. Might yeah. need a new playmaker. I mean, if Hazard goes. Yeah. Oh, um, that's, not, that's, that's all a bit depressing, isn't it? Although, although <laughs> you know, the, the, only, the only good side of him being absolutely rubbish for the last 10 games is Real Madrid must have been looking at him thinking, nah, you're right, million. mate. <laughs> Do me a favour. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All right, predictions then. Uh, Burnley, Thursday. Let's go with you first, Robert. Well, first of all, I mean, my predictions this season have been um, just rubbish. Okay. Um, I've, I haven't got a single one right. Um, and I've been predicting Chelsea victories and, and, and they, 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 none of them have happened. So I'm going to say Burnley to win 2-0. Oh, God. Okay. I'm going to go for a draw. 1-1. Okay. I think a narrow win for us. I think um, I think we can probably still... Um, we've got a reasonable record against Burnley, so I'm going to say 2-1. Narrow, a narrow win. Uh, and semi-final against Southampton? Um, I should be following on the logic and going for another um, defeat. Uh, so I, I, th- I think I'm going to have to, just, just to sort of see if I can sort of um, <laughs> provoke something. So I'm going to say Southampton, 3-1 win, Shane Long hat-trick. Blimey, Okay. No, I, I think we're going to win. I've got a feeling we're going to win. I'll take 2-1. Yeah, I think we're going to smash them 3-0. I've secretly got a feeling we're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> Great. But, you know, who knows? Who Brilliant. Knows? Well, listen, thanks very much. Robert Ray, Alan Bird. I uh, can follow you, Chef Bird. Chef Bird, yeah. On Twitter, Robert Ray. You can follow me, Mr. Ray Saunders. Uh, thanks for your time. We'll be back same time next week. Win or lose, up the blues. Up the blues. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at Chelsea Podcast. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others, and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.